podcast on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and my guest today is award-winning entertainment journalist and Turner Classic Movies host, Dave Carger. Welcome back on the show, Dave. It's always great to have you here. Thanks so much, Jan. Nice to hear from you. You too. You too. Okay, we're going to do everything Oscars, Oscars, Oscars today. So let's talk about who do you think will be nominated and who do you think will win. So let's start with Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor is actually seems to be narrowed down to about six or seven people at this point that have a great chance to be nominated. I think Mahershala Ali for Green Book is kind of at the top of the heap. He won the Golden Globe. Uh, people really seem to respect him. He won the Oscar a couple of years ago for Moonlight, so this would be two wins in a very short period of time if he were to win. Yes. Richard E. Grant, I think, is going to get nominated for Can You Ever Forgive Me? He and Melissa McCarthy are so terrific together. He's been acting for 30 years plus, kind of in the cult favorite with and I. I love this, that movie. The, One of my favorites. Right? Yes, yes. But this performance and this character in Can You Ever Forgive Me, I think, is something that's kind of taken him to the next level. Timothy Chalamet for the movie Beautiful Boy, a film that hasn't gotten a ton of traction overall, but his performance oh, is so great. His performance was just amazing. It, car- it obviously carried the film. I thought it was a brilliant piece of work. And he's, yeah. he's, he's definitely an actor to be watching as he does more things. I'm anxious to see what else he does. Exactly. And then if there's someone I'm really rooting for, it's Sam Elliott for A Star is Born. Oh, yes. He got a Screen Actors Guild nomination, but he didn't get a Golden Globe nomination or a British Academy Award nomination. So he's kind of on that bubble. And then the two other people that seem to be fighting for the last spot are Adam Driver for Black Klansman and Sam Rockwell playing George W. Bush in Vice. So I think two of those three guys, Sam Elliott, Sam Rockwell, Adam Driver, two of those three are going to get in and one of them is going to be left out and it's going to be disappointing whichever one of the three that it is. I know, Sam Rockwell. So it's a big category. Oh, it's a great category. And Sam Rockwell did transform himself into George W. Bush, didn't he? I mean, it was amazing. He really, he really did. You know, and, well, of course, he's the reigning champ. He won that category last year for three billboards. Right, right. And, you know, I think this is a, you're right, this is a very competitive, uh, for Best Supporting Actors, very competitive this year. There are so many great performances there. But out of those, who do you think has the the lead who might be winning? I think Mahershala Ali is the guy to beat right yeah, now. I, I think he's one of the few people that's gotten nominated by every precursor, so Screen Actors Guild, British Academy, Golden Globe, Broadcast Film Critics. So he, Richard E. Grant, and Timothy Chalamet, and Adam Driver, the four of them have gotten every other nomination. But I just think there's something about Mahershala and about Green Book. A lot of the voters really seem to love that movie. Yeah, I I love that movie. But we'll talk more about that when we start talking about what you know the best yes. uh, movie of the year is. So let's yep. move into Best Supporting Actress, because again, a very tight... <laughs> Uh, race there. Absolutely. Well, you have the two women from The Favorite, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, both previous Oscar winners. Then you have Amy Adams uh, for Vice, and she played Lynn Cheney so great. This will be six Oscar nominations for her, and she's never won. Wow. Claire Foy for First Man, playing the playing Janet Armstrong. She does such a great job. And then for the last spot, my money's on Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. She won the Golden Globe, but again, she did not get a SAG nomination or a BAFTA, British Academy nomination. So she's had some ups and she's had some downs. If there's someone there that can kind of steal the spot from her, I think it's Margot Robbie for Mary Queen of Scots. But I really do think that Regina King is on a roll overall with the industry. She just won her third Emmy a couple of months ago and a lot of people are rooting for her. And um, she's the 
real standout of the film if Bill Street could talk. Mm. What about Emily Blunt for A Quiet Place? She got a SAG nomination, Emily did. I think she's got an outside chance at a supporting actress nomination. I think she has a better shot in the lead category, which we can talk about. Um, But also another person who's kind of a dark horse might be Nicole Kidman for Boy Erased, playing Lucas Hedges' mom, who kind of sends her son to a gay conversion therapy um, camp. So I think those are kind of the main contenders, but it's definitely led by the two women for the favorite. But I'll tell you what, even though Regina King won the Golden Globe, because she didn't get the SAG nomination or the BAFTA nomination, I think that means that if she gets nominated, I'm not sure she can win. I think Amy Adams might actually be able to pull out a victory uh, finally in her sixth Oscar nomination. You think? You think that's who's going to win that one? Interesting. Yep. And, you know, Margot yep. Robbie, you just kind of touched lightly on that, but I thought she was absolutely wonderful in The Favorite. Um, but you, or, I'm sorry, Mary Queen of Scots, I'm sorry. Um you think that maybe that's marginal? You don't think she will be nominated? or She's definitely a player because, as I say, she got that SAG and BAFTA nomination. I just don't hear that many people talking about the movie. But you have to pay attention to those precursor nominations and consider her a serious contender. I just look at the other five, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, Amy Adams, Regina King, and Claire Foy, and I have a hard time thinking of which one of those five she could possibly bump out. But, you know, I could very well be wrong. She's my strong sixth place right now, mm-hmm. but it's definitely within striking distance to get a nomination. And Claire Foy, I mean, what again, what a, a wonderful internal performance uh, in uh, First First Man. I thought, again, I thought she carried, you know, the emotional uh, uh, side of that movie throughout it. And it was a great performance by her. And she's just a wonderful I agree. actress. Go ahead. I just watched it for a second time yesterday, and and I'm so with you, Jan. I think that she does both sides of that character so well. I mean, she has the quiet moments where it's all in her face, but then she does, particularly in comparison to Ryan Gosling's performance because Neil Armstrong was so internal, she also has the moments where she does let loose and she's you know yelling at the NASA bosses, and you know she has those moments that that really grab you, and I think that's going to help her maybe get that nomination. I hope so. I hope so. I think you know, First Man didn't get the love that I felt. It deserved to get. What are your thoughts about that movie? That's been a big surprise to me throughout this season. When I saw that film um, at the Telluride Festival, I thought, oh, this is without a doubt a Best Picture nominee, Best Director, Claire Foy, and a ton of craft nominations. It's looking like it'll probably get the Claire Foy nomination, a nomination for Justin Hurwitz's score, and then, you know, visual effects and sound and things like that. But it seems to have fallen uh, off the list of top contenders for Best Picture. And I think I'd be surprised at this point if it ends up getting a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't stay in the movie theaters that long unfortunately too it was one it didn't got, perform no it didn't yeah. it, and it's too bad i'm not sure why because it, you know ryan gosling and uh, uh, you know damien giselle obviously a, a magnificent team uh yep. and you know but i'm surprised i don't know why it didn't do well but you know one we never know those reasons do we <laughs> why it's some true. movies why some movies do really well and other movies don't um yep. Yeah, you know, to go back to Can You Ever Forgive Me, um, that movie has not shown in our area. I don't know if it's shown, been that widespread release yet. I know it was released in October. I don't know many people who have seen it. I saw it because I interviewed Anne McCabe, the editor of it, and they sent me a screener, so I got to see the movie, and I thought it was wonderful. Have you, uh, did you see it in the theater, or... Is it, did, did at a film festival. At a film Again, festival. that's played at Telluride. Yeah. Yep. And Fox Searchlight, you know, they're 
the company that's releasing it, they have the favorite. They had the Robert Redford film, The Old Man and the Gun. Right. And they have, can you ever forgive me, an Isle of Dogs. Like, they're actually very smart about the way they do it. And they, they really do platform their releases by and large. And, and they try to build the buzz, get the nominations. And then once they've kind of built that foundation, then it goes a little bit more wide. But you're right. This is not a film that has been widely seen. Um, people in the industry have definitely seen it because it's, it's played here in L.A., it's played in New York, and the DVD screeners have been sent all over the place. But you're right, it's not a film that a lot of people in the public um, have really gotten to appreciate and enjoy yet. But I think once it gets the Oscar nominations, because Richard E. Grant will be nominated and Melissa McCarthy and, and probably the screenplay as well, that I think at that point they'll be able to say, okay, we have these three big Oscar nominations, let's put it out more widely and get people into the theaters. Right. I mean, it, I, I really thought it was wonderful. I, I, again, Anne McCabe and I had a great conversation about uh, the you know editing this movie. But Richard E. Grant again just I just loved him and their chemistry. Melissa and um, Richard E. Grant's chemistry. And apparently, they didn't meet until like a, a day or so before they started uh, filming. And it was right. kind of interesting, you know, because that ca- it's it is the heart and soul of the film. Is, is are those two characters obviously? Um, yeah, and they love each other. Yeah, you know, in real yeah, life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is great. Okay, let's move into Best Actress. Best Actress, I think you have four women who are locks for nominations. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, who just won the Golden Globe. Glenn Close for The Wife, who won the other Golden Globe. Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. And, as I just said, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? The question is, who gets the fifth spot? And there's Viola Davis for Widows. There's Julia Roberts for Ben is Back. Tony Collette for Hereditary. Jalitza Aparicio for Roma. Nicole Kidman for Destroyer. And the person who I think is going to squeeze out the fifth nomination, Emily Blunt, for Mary Poppins Returns. It's a movie that's gotten kind of mixed reviews, but I think even people who don't love the movie agree that she's very delightful in it. And to your point, she was so great in A Quiet Place as well. This would be a way to acknowledge all the great work that she did this year. Well, I'm, but I'm surprised that I'm seeing no love for Saoirse Ronan. I thought her performance in Mary Queen of Scots was uh, awesome. Uh, and, and then I know. Nothing. I love Sersha. I love her. She's always good. She was nominated last year for Lady Bird. She won the Golden Globe for that movie. Um, she's had three nominations already in her, you know, in her short, short career. career. Yes. Yeah, and I just think I don't know what happened there. I mean, I think the movie, in comparison to the favorite, which is just it's directed in such a unique way and, mm-hmm. and is is just grabs you from the first moment. Mary Queen of Scots, while with a great script by Bo Willimon, who did House of Cards, and it kind of has that has a modern kind of feel to it with the writing, I think it felt a little bit more like a typical period piece and not as different and special as The Favorite. And I think people, I think that might have hurt its case a little bit because it is a beautiful movie with, as you mm-hmm. say, great performances by both of them. Yes, it is. And uh, although it's a little talk... <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's it too. I, I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I love a great script, but it was a little bit. Uh, you you kind of had to really pay attention to everything that was being said in this movie um, because it has a, a lot of history and it was wonderful. And maybe, maybe because it came out around the same time as the favorite, um, and being you know a, 
not similar, obviously, but about, you know, English history. Uh, maybe that hurt it in the long run, yeah. fortunately. I do think Glenn Close is going to win, though, and which will be great <sighs> because too. it'll be her seventh nomination. She'll she'll hold the record for most nominations without ever winning, and then, then the streak, I think, could very well end on Oscar night, which would be great. And I think she did such a great job with that speech oh, at yes. the Golden Globes that everyone in the Academy was like, oh, I need to put the wife now at the top of my screener list as soon as they saw that speech if they hadn't seen the movie already. It, it was, again, um, a great, great internal performance, which is the hardest oh thing, you know, an actor yeah. has to do is that internal performance. And I just thought she was just exquisite and magnificent. So I'm so glad because the movie came out a while ago that it's getting the love that it deserves or her performance is getting the love it deserves. I mean, Jonathan Price was also excellent in it, but we haven't seen yeah. anything about him out there uh, and the, during the award season. But I, I loved her speech and I got the opportunity. I saw her at uh, Toronto Film Festival last year when they did a conversation with her for about an hour and a half and got to ask her a question while I was there. And I just thought she was, yeah, I just love her. I just love her. So, well, th- oh, that's great. And I, I just did a, a audience event with her at the Palm Springs Film Festival last week, and and I we talked about you know the different aspects of this character of this performance, you know the kind of outward you know, ranting and raving that she does near the end, but also as you mentioned, you know the really internal stuff where the camera is just trained on her face as she's reacting to all the stuff around her. And she told me that that's part of the character and the performance that she really enjoyed doing the most was you know hearing all these people kind of talking at her, talking about her, and seeing it register on her face, you know, how what emotions she was going through. I think that was the real joy of the character and the performance for her. No, it definitely. And the show. Yeah, it definitely does. And, and I, she's going to be honored, I think, with the Leonard Moulton Award at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Yes, isn't that great? Yes, it is great. And you'll be there again this year. I will, doing the Virtuoso event. And we have a lot of uh, great people, Sam Elliott and John David Washington, a lot of great people coming up for that. Yeah, and yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that. So let's go yeah. back to Mary Poppins. You know, I, I am surprised about the critics not loving Mary Poppins because I just thought it was absolutely wonderful a great you know I go to be entertained and it was fully entertaining and fun and a great movie for the whole family um, what and Emily Blunt you know I mean the whole cast uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, was wonderful also what so and, and to see Dick Van Dyke <laughs> That was the highlight. Oh, my God. I mean, the audience was cheering and yelling when, when he came on the screen and after he danced. And, and again, seeing Angela Lansbury. I, I don't know why it didn't get the love that it deserved, but what about her performance, Emily Blunt's performance in that for you? You know, I think, yeah, I just found her utterly delightful. And, and look, I think people who don't love the movie, I think it's hard to compare with such a classic like the first Mary Poppins, and also particularly with all respect to Mark Shaman, with the music from the original Mary Poppins. It's just hard for anyone's songs, even someone as great as Mark Shaman, to compare or live up to the music from the original Mary Poppins. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people seem to be grousing about, is that the music, it doesn't live up to the music from the original. Yeah. But as I said, even if you don't love the movie, you love Emily. I and mean, she's just, she she's a great performer, but she's also just a lovely person. So, And that also, as we know, is very helpful in the awards race, because it's like a political campaign, a lot of the it's not just you make the movie and show up at a couple red carpets and that's it. These people are out and about many, many nights during the fall and winter, meeting people, meeting voters, glad-handing them, having small talk conversations with them. And you have to, if you're good at that, as she is, that also helps your case. I agree. I totally agree. 
If you are just tuning in, you are listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and my guest today is award-winning entertainment journalist and Turner Classic Movies host, Dave Carger. So let's move into Best Actor. Again, another tight uh, category here. I've got some favorites myself in this one, but let's see what you, which ones that you think will be nominated and who you think might win. Well, just like for Best Actress, Best Actor has four people that are done deals for a nomination. Of course, Bradley Cooper for Star is Born, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, and then the two guys that won the Golden Globes, Christian Bale for Vice and Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. So the question is, who's the fifth? There was a lot of early talk about Ethan Hawke in Paul Schrader's film First Reformed, which is a phenomenal performance, but I'm just not sure enough people are watching that movie. Willem Dafoe got some attention for playing Vincent Van Gogh in the Julian Schnabel movie At Eternity's Gate, but again, kind of a smaller film that's overall a little bit under the radar. Lucas Hedges got a Golden Globe nomination for Boy Race, but that movie doesn't seem to be getting much traction. Same with Ryan Gosling for First Man. So I think the fifth nominee is going to be John David Washington for Black Klansman, and Spike Lee's Black Klansman is getting a ton of traction, even though it came out in the summer. It's a movie that people are remembering and still talking about, and I think he's going to be helped. He really carries the movie with his lead performance. Um, you know, he's a beloved young actor because of his mom and dad, who are, of course, in the right. industry as well, Denzel and Pauletta Washington. Right. So I do think he's going to be that fifth. I, I think you're right. I think he, he you're right on that one. I do. Uh, but then it comes down to, I'm really, I, I, I was so excited and so happy that Rami Malek won. And, and obviously, I was very happy that Christian Bale won. So I think for myself, it's down to those two. Uh, mm-hmm. And what are, your, what are your thoughts? I think it's between Rami Malek and Bradley Cooper. Oh, you do? Um, I, I love Christian Bale, and I think he was phenomenal in that movie. I just think there's something about these two performances of these two guys playing the singers that kind of that raised them to the top. If I had a vote, I have. I think it would be Bradley Cooper just because he actually sings. But I'm telling you, everywhere I go, and I do a lot of these events, I just did an event last night with Graham King, who was the producer of Bohemian Rhapsody. I also did an event a month ago where I interviewed Rami Malek in front of the Academy and they, the Oscar voters, and they gave him this ridiculous standing ovation. There is something about that film and that performance mm-hmm. that people are really responding to. Now, what's holding the movie back, of course, is all of the behind-the-scenes drama with the film that the right. director, was ba- Brian Singer, was basically taken off the movie with three weeks left to go. So I think there are some people in the Academy who are not going to feel comfortable giving their votes to a movie that had such turmoil like that. That's unfair, but, though, isn't it, Dave? <laughs> well, to, I, I think in the best picture category, it makes sense. Yeah, but, but, but not for but an you, actor. But, but not for actor, an actor. Yeah. And I think, in fact, I think the, the turmoil might actually help Rami Malek's case because people will say, wow, despite all of the drama and all of the stuff that went on behind the scenes, he still managed to come with that performance. Brilliant. So I do think I think that he um, is in a great position right yeah, now. Yeah, I I, I, I I hope so, because I just thought his performance was brilliant. I mean, really just brilliant. I loved the movie. I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, I never was a Queen fan. I mean, not, it wasn't that mm. I wasn't or, you know, was or wasn't. It was just that, it you know, I liked their music but and always enjoyed it. But it wasn't like, I they, gosh, that was a group I really liked to follow. But after seeing this movie, I was like, wow, I just want to get all of their CDs and, and download the music. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I just thought he was a magnificent. I love Bradley Cooper in this. I love the way he sang in this. But, again, you got, I, I, it's, for me, Christian Bale just transformed himself into Dick Cheney. Yes, I he mean, did. truly. Truly, truly, you know, and, and the Academy always loves it when 
actors get ugly and actresses get ugly. You know, we always seem to, uh, you know, honor those actors and actresses who decide that they're going to get fat and ugly for a role, uh, which Christian Bale has done numerous times. Um, but, you know, when, same thing of honoring uh, Nicole Kidman uh, in, when she was in The Hours and uh, several other bands. Charlie, Charlie Charlie Theron, 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 Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Sure. Yeah. They love that. And so, I don't know. I think it's, for me, it's between Christian Bale and Rami Malek. But that's... So yeah, I, I, I think you could be very right. And I think the Gary Oldman win last year speaks to what you're talking about as well, the big transformation. My, my worry with the Christian Bale performance, which I love, is that I do think if you compare it to Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill, who had these big, grand, loud moments, which the Academy really liked, the Christian Bale performance, because he's playing Dick Cheney, who is a much more subdued, mild-mannered guy, the performance doesn't lend itself to those larger moments that the Oscar voters often want to see and feel themselves responding to. Mm -hmm. So that's what holds me back as thinking that Christian Bale could win. And and he would be at the top of my ballot if I had a vote. But I'm just wondering if, you know, compared to someone like Rami Malek, who has these bigger moments, um, that that might hurt Christian's chances a little bit. But I definitely think he's a a lock for a nomination. Oh, definitely. He's definitely a lock for a nomination. And I think Rami Malek would be my choice for uh, winning it. Okay, let's go to the best film of the year. (laughs) What are your choices? I think you have seven films that are pretty much locks for nominations. A Star is Born, Roma, Green Book, Black Klansman, Black Panther, Vice, and The Favorite. Those seven, I think, are in, in, in. And then, so there's going to be eight or nine nominees. It's almost mathematically impossible for there to be ten, but there's usually eight or nine. So let's say there's going to be nine. I think the eighth and ninth are going to be Bohemian Rhapsody and If Beale Street Could Talk. And that would leave out films like Mary Poppins, First Man, Crazy Rich Asians, A Quiet Place. So I I think, I think there's a good chance we're going to see nine this year because the, the love from the Academy seems to be split uh, and spread out among a lot of movies and not concentrated to seven or eight. So those would be my, that'd be my prediction for the nine. And then the question is what wins? And I don't have the foggiest idea. I and that's agree. what's exciting about this year. I know. That's, you know, I totally agree. Nobody, ha- not, you know, usually there's a film that comes out and it's, you know, you just know it's got a lock on, on the award. And this year it's anyone's game anyone's game i mean there's i mean I, green book is one of my favorite movies of the year i i, mm-hmm. I loved it i i loved the humor i i loved you know the, the message that was there i think it had everything that a movie a good movie should have you know it had all kinds of things it made you laugh and sad and and you know just yep. feel all kinds of great emotions but you felt good after the movie was over and i think it's people true. want to come out of the screen you know out of a out of a movie today after you know looking at everything is going on in our world feeling good (laughs) I I walked out of Vice upset I was just I loved the movie but I walked up so I was so upset when I left that movie so disappointed you know just enraged I was enraged (laughs) yeah I think the one thing we can be pretty confident about is that Alfonso Cuaron is going to win Best Director for Roma you think so other than that yeah but I I also don't think Roma is going to win Best Picture I think they're going to give it to you know one of the English language films for, for better or worse so I think I think it'll be between something like Star is Born you know, in Green Book. I think those two are probably at the top of the, the heap right now. Although, I'll tell you, if Bohemian Rhapsody gets a ton of nominations and ends up getting nominated in like eight or nine categories, then I think you can't count that movie out. No, I wouldn't count that one out. spoiler. No, I would not count that one out Which would either. be crazy. Yeah. Which would be crazy. 
Well, I think Roma's going to be the best foreign language film. I don't think it would be the best movie of the year, but for foreign language. So you think Alfonso Cuaron. Who else do you think for best director? Real fast. Bradley Cooper, Spike Lee. I think those those three are in. Alfonso Cuaron, Bradley Cooper, and Spike Lee. And then I think for the other spots, you've got Adam McKay for Vice, Peter Farrelly for Green Book. Mm -hmm. And then the two people that are kind of the dark horse potential spoilers would be Yorgos Lanthimos, who did The Favorite, and also Pavel Pavlikovsky, who directed Cold War, which is a Polish language film and that will definitely get nominated for foreign language film and uh, is definitely he's someone that filmmakers really look up to and since it's directors nominating directors they might go um, a little surprising and put someone like him in always great talking with you Dave this is great I can't wait to uh, we'll, we'll compare our notes later on <laughs> after the nominations definitely. come out and uh, certainly after the Oscars such a pleasure to have you back on the show you have a great day same to you thank you Go to The Jam Price Show on Facebook to learn more about upcoming shows. And while you're there, like my page. And to listen to The Jam- the Price Movie Minute movie reviews and to listen to archived shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. The Ozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Ozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade lush slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com. 